ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is the Thursday, June 30th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We're here for the full hour, taking your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Our text line this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Today, I've got a very special guest coming up on the program. The TBT is happening soon, and that means it's time to get Johnny Buckets back on the program. John Elmore will be with us here in the next few minutes. We'll talk about Herd That and hopefully Thundering Herd alumni team making that run for the million. And it all starts in Charleston, so an opportunity for a lot of Herd fans to go up, see the alumni team, get to root for John once again, get to root for Ott. I don't know. You you might find some new favorites as well. So that's coming up, and Johnny's coming on the program. Johnny Buckets. I know his given name is John Elmore, but we, we know him as Johnny Buckets because that's what he does. He just makes buckets happen. So that's what's coming up today as far as our guests are concerned. As I mentioned, we'll get your phone calls and texts in. I really want to talk to you. we got a lot to get into today because college football is going crazy again. It's going nuts. Alignment, once again, we didn't see this coming, right? None of us saw this coming. We were all just sitting back, cozy. Everybody was, everything was settled. No, this was coming. We saw this. Just didn't see it happening like today. So the Big Ten could get a couple of more teams. The Pac-12 could be looking for some new teams. Right now, where's the Pac-12 going to stand in all of this? Uh, is it going to be behind the Big 12, ahead of the Big 12? Probably. It's going to be Big Ten SEC. ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, that might be the pecking order. That might be the pecking order now. That might be the pecking order here in a couple of years. So we'll we'll break all of that down. What's that mean, though, for the college football shuffle again? I think Marshall's pretty set right now. I don't think Marshall is taking off anytime soon. Maybe in the next 10 years, some of these universities could reposition themselves to be in a position to maybe make a leap. I don't know. We'll get into that, but let's um, let's just go ahead and say it right now. Marshall's not heading off to the ACC or the Big 12 or the Pac-12. I mean, geography doesn't matter. Whatever you think about geography, it just doesn't matter anymore because you're looking at UCLA. UCLA and USC. Big 10? Okay. We'll talk about that. We just got the word. It's official now. We know the names that are going to be inducted into the Marshall Hall of Fame. So the announcement coming out not that long ago. Here are the names. We'll go in alphabetical order. First up, and are, are you ready for this? It's uh, Stephanie Cook-Lewis, Marshall softball and women's soccer, class of 95 through 98. So that's the year she represents. And then Sarah Crandall Fletcher, women's cross country and track and field, the year she represents, 1990 to 94. We knew about this one because the the cat kind of got out of the bag on this one. Vinnie Curry, representing football from the years 2008 to 11. And then you have Carrie Hinkle, women's basketball, years 94 to 97. 
Jody Lambert, women's basketball and volleyball from 1970 to 73. Jack Lingle, Marshall football coach from 1971 to 74. We all know Jack Lingle, what he does and, and what he meant to this program. And so he is being honored. Kim Nutter, men's cross-country track and field from 78 to 82. Dave Tabor, men's cross-country track and field from 83 to 86. And then Travis Young, men's basketball, 1997 to 2001. So that's the class going in. It's a pretty fair representation. You don't have it being dominated by football or basketball. You have two football representatives. You have Vinnie Curry. You have Jack Lingle. Travis Young is representing men's basketball. And then you know you have a, a fair mix of cross-country track, volleyball, soccer in there. It's a fair list, I think. And you can't just have this every year be football, 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 football. Or basketball, 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 basketball. And I think it, uh, it's a pretty good list. We will try to get some of these um, these to be honored athletes on the show, so we'll work on that. Uh, definitely would like to talk to Vinnie Curry again, and uh, we can get Jack Lingle on the show. That'd be great. So we'll um, we just got the list. Uh, I knew of some of these names, but of course uh, I I am sworn to secrecy on some of these things as well. Um, have you seen Woody Woodrum and his cane? That old man can swing that cane. Woody Woodrum, of course, for those of you who don't know, former co-host of this show, and he's, he's on the committee as well. So he's on the committee. I, I'm kind of privy to just a couple of these names, and I am always told that uh, if anything comes out of my mouth, uh, that there will be uh, intense pain coming my way. I, I'm basically sworn to secrecy. So uh, I knew a couple of these coming up, and it's a pretty good list. So we'll try to get uh, definitely Vinny on. we got to get Jack on. We'll get everyone we possibly can to uh, talk about this. I think that's a big honor. And uh, the Hall of Fame dinner is scheduled for Friday, September 2nd at 6.30 p.m. in the Don Morris Room. And it's going to also feature uh, some other athletes that uh, could not be honored last year or could not attend. So there's also going to be Bill No from Marshall Swimming and Diving. Uh we're going to have Steve Shulo there as well. So there are a couple other names that are coming in. So congratulations to everyone making the list. Also, they're going to be at the tailgate. You know, the M Club does uh, a tailgate. And so they'll be at the game on September 3rd. The whole idea of this is a lot of these times when this these lists are announced, when these members are announced, a lot of it is everything's worked out where they can be present. You might not be able to attend, so you might not go in this particular class. So it's really, hey, we're, we want to get you in, but we also want to have you here. So yeah, these are definitely a lot of people that you'll get to see again. You'll get to see, uh, you'll get to see a lot of people. So that's uh, what we've got as far as uh, the herd making more names available for the hall of fame and i think we're already gonna have to expand that thing what do you think put another put another level on that it's another story i mean are we running out of room here on on the wall what are we doing here we're we gonna have to go up another level or two you know, we're gonna have to maybe rotate some special collections what are we gonna have to do here because uh it's we're running out of space that's not a bad thing that's not a bad thing but we're gonna have to figure out where we're gonna we're going to put some other stuff here. We're maybe get another 
another level to this thing. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to have to do here to, to make this work, but uh, definitely game day visit is uh, it's worth your time. You go check out the Hall of Fame because, again, there wasn't really a Hall of Fame. It was the the hallways of the Cam Henderson Center. You, you go by and you see the, the Hall of Fame, the, the photos, the wall, and you just go by it, and that was it. And you wouldn't see artifacts and trophies and things like that, and, and now you do. So it's, it's really cool. So uh, we honor those uh, that were named today. Another guy that's going to be getting a statue, I'm sure, real soon. You remember we lobbied for it a few years ago after Marshall uh, got into the NCAA tournament and also won a game in the NCAA tournament, some things that I hadn't seen in my lifetime, and neither did you. John Elmore is going to join us. The TBT, keeping that herd basketball alive for us all with John Elmore when we continue on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Thursday, June 30th edition. Your drive continues here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. It's time to talk a little Heard That Basketball. The TBT is fast upon us. And joining us now, he goes down in history as one of the greatest ever to be a student-athlete at Marshall University. Not just basketball, ever. John Elmore's with us. I keep building you up. Every time it's something bigger and better for you, John. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here as well. I'm still pushing for the statue of, of John Elmore out in front of the the Henderson Center. I think we can make room. They did such a, a nice job with Howells. We could put you near it as well. I think it would look good. No, dude. Phenomenal. I drove by it the other day. Phenomenal. Glad to see it there. Now that would be pretty sweet to be side by side. I think so. I think you earned it. I think you've earned a, a lot of things here. Uh, before we get into the, the TBT, how are you feeling about everything that's happening with Herd Basketball? Going into a new league, the Sun Belt, and I know – you know, you spent your time in Conference USA, but uh, this is a new direction for Marshall Athletics basketball. Uh, maybe a bright future there. Uh, what What are you What are you feeling about this? As uh, some of your old rivals are no longer going to be on the schedule. No, I'm excited. Uh, I was down there a couple weeks ago. I worked out with a couple of the incoming freshmen. Uh, went to lunch with Coach D'Antoni and the coaching staff. So um, they're super energetic about the new season and I think uh, looking forward to an opportunity to try and bounce back. Um, you know, it was a long, long season last year, but got a lot of guys coming back and um, super excited to see them turn it around and get the program rolling again. John Elmore is with us. The Thundering Herd misses him on the court, but we still get to see him play because the TBT is coming up. Next month, it's going to be in Charleston once again, which is great for, for a lot of Herd fans that maybe will want to come out and support you next month, July 16th. Again, the goal here is to win the million dollars. How are you feeling about your squad this year? Um, you know, ideally, um, and from what I've seen so far, I think this is going to be our best team yet. Um, you know, we play – at the Charleston Coliseum, um, July 24th. Tickets are on sale now. We played we played James Madison's alumni team. So talk about a little Sun Belt kickoff action. Um, so no, I mean I hope to see a ton of uh, Marshall fans. West Virginia plays right after us, so I think it's just a great um, experience and a 
lot of uh, excitement for the state having that type of high-level basketball during the summer in Charleston for Marshall fans and West Virginia fans at the same time. Yeah, that that game is a potential second round contest between heard that and Best Virginia, but you got to get past JMU's team first, and of course they've got to get past Virginia Dream. So we can't look too far ahead, but that's the matchup we all want. You know, you've got some um, you've got some of the who's who of Marshall basketball on your squad, and again, uh, you've got a couple other people to fill out the roster. Talk about the makeup of this of this team. You know, where do you think your strengths are? Uh, will Ott Elmore, uh, your brother, will he pass the ball this season? I mean, what 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 can we expect from this team? Uh no, great question. Um, you know, going into it, it's it's um, it is a Marshall based team. Um, we try to keep our core, our majority uh, Marshall guys. I think we have six this year. Um, we probably have ten guys on the roster, so sixty percent Marshall guys. But then we try to mix in as well as we can um, some high-level guys that play professionally overseas as well to really give us our best team and our best shot to win the million dollars. So it's a great showcase for Marshall on the national stage, um, wearing the herd that, broadcasting that. But at the same time, our goal is to win the money. So we've got to do our best to build the best and biggest team possible. So we've really um, really expanded outside of just our Marshall guys, and hopefully that puts us over the top because I think we're going to have a heck of a team this year. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a fun one. you got Chad Brown uh, representing UCF, and you got Justin Johnson, Western Kentucky. I mean, normally you put Marshall and Western Kentucky on the court, you don't get along, and it's great. We love it as fans, but, you know, you put that red together with that – heard that Kelly Green, um, you know, it's going to work out. I, I trust you. It's going to work out, right? No, definitely. Um, you'll like this. We were, I was in Italy my rookie year playing. Um, Justin Johnson turns out to be on another team. We're both in, on vacation um, in Florence, Italy. Uh, we meet up, go to dinner. Our wives become best friends. Um, we drank a little too much wine, had a heck of a night. Um, but just made that connection, got like real cool. Um, had a lot of reminiscing about the battles between us and the Moonshine Throwdown. Um, and had talked about linking up in the summer for the TBT one year um, and just scheduling conflicts in the past, but it worked out this year. So super hyped to have him because, as Marshall fans know, um, he uh, he hurt us pretty bad when we played them. You look at the returning players and the, the names that stand out for uh, for Marshall fans, of course, yourself, uh, Ott Elmore. Um, so you've got that brotherly connection there. Then you've got Ryan Taylor, who is a beast. Stevie Browning, he's always fun to watch on the floor. You never know where he's going to shoot it from or, or what he's going to do. And then uh, I think you would agree with me, uh, probably one of the most underrated Marshall basketball players of all time, Rondell Watson. M- sorely underrated. No, I mean, Rondell's a guy that's hit um, – I think he hit the game winner last year for us to win – the first game. Hit the game winner. I think he made one in the bubble a couple of years ago as well. So he's a guy that you can literally put at any position and just count on him to be productive and make winning plays. So super excited to have Rondell back. James Kelly's back as well. Um, another first team all conference USA guy who he played this year in Greece and had a really good year. So we're excited to see him back at full speed. Um, last year he was coming off a year where he took the year off. So 
we're excited to have him back at 100%. Um, and it's just cool to get all the Marshall guys back together, see the fans, and then play again. I mean, we all made a lot of memories and won a lot of games at Marshall, but it's cool to put the jersey back on and compete. Going to be in Charleston, as we mentioned. So that's a big deal, not just for you, for Best Virginia. What is it about that West Virginia basketball fan that makes this possible? It's not just Best That. I mean, heard that. It's not just Best Virginia. It's There's so much interest in every team coming in. So what is it that's making this really a special time for for herd fans, for Mountaineer fans, for, for fans of basketball in the summer? You know, I think that's where the TBT um, hit the nail on the head is their product. I mean, you're talking about majority of the best basketball players that aren't in the NBA. Um, outside of the NBA, these are all guys that are playing professionally, have played at a high level, had historic college careers. I mean, Jimmer Fredette just announced he's playing on a team. I mean, that's one of college basketball's greatest players ever. Um, so just the high-level basketball. And the thing that um, really excites me and makes me look forward to it is that's one of the reasons in West Virginia is the support West Virginia fans have, Marshall and West Virginia coming together. I know during our game last year, West Virginia fans got there early and were rooting for us. Uh, we were rooting for West Virginia after we played. They were playing. So just that support level, the amount of fans and the interest that it does get in our state um, is the reason they brought it back again. So hopefully we can pack the Charleston Coliseum out, give them a reason to keep doing it here each year. John Elmore's with me. The TBT is coming up. July 16th is when it, all the fun begins. So every year, the TBT features all these teams all trying to compete for that $1 million. And it takes a lot of support and effort to make these make these runs happen, get these teams put together. So you know, what are you needing again this year? So maybe fans, supporters, boosters, people can help support your effort as you make this run and hopefully keep the name of herd that going for weeks? Um, the biggest thing is just like you said, the support level, whether that's um, say somebody owns a restaurant, and wanted to donate a meal, say you own a small business. Um, you wanted to write a small check to cover team hotels. Um, say you wanted to make a monetary donation to cover gear and other expenses that go towards getting everybody in town, getting training time at the gym, stuff like that. So, there is a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes into it, um, and there's a lot of money involved because uh, it's not cheap flying everybody in. It's not cheap getting the hotels. It's not cheap doing team meals, stuff like that. So any type of support, um, you can get in contact with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, all kinds of stuff like that. So would love any type of help or support of any kind. I mean, not just money, but anything like that goes a long way to help us out in the tournament. People buy swag as well. I know there are options for people to buy Heard That gear. That helps as well, right? Yes, 100%. Um, literally anything goes a long way. John Elmore is with us. The TBT is coming up, the basketball tournament. Heard That will be, once again, leading the charge for all of Marshall fans. We mentioned earlier you're taking on Founding Fathers. They're a JMU alumni school, so really – the rivalry between Marshall and JMU really gets underway well before the Sun Belt. It's going to begin in Charleston at the TBT. What can you tell us about JMU and um, yeah, how 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 exciting is that matchup going to be? 
going to be a tough game. Um, they're bringing back most of the team that they had last year. Um, they ended up losing in the first round, but it came down to a last last second shot um, in a tight, grinded out game. So, um, you know, everybody's looking forward to that West Virginia or best Virginia heard that matchup. But the thing about the TBT is nothing's guaranteed unless you win your first round matchup. We have a tough game. They have a tough game. So we've got to both um, take it one game at a time and hopefully meet up in the second round. But, man, the first game's going to be a tough one. What kind of trash talk can we expect? I know you don't have that his- history with them, but they are going to be a foe. At least JMU's going to be a foe of the Thundering Herd. So um, what kind of trash talk can we expect? And I know your, your epic trash talking uh, days might be behind you, but you still, do you have a little left in you? See, I, I rely on Ott for that. He kind of gives us that spark and that flair. Um, he's definitely been practicing. I was talking to him the other day, and he told me that he was going away to the mountains to do like a Rocky-style training camp to get his mind and body right for the for the tournament. So uh, I'm expecting him to be in peak physical shape and uh, peak trash-talking shape. See, that works for you. That's like stealth. That's, um, that's you – that's you being under the radar. They're not looking at you. They're looking at Ott, and then that's where you, you kill him with the dagger. That's that's good leadership there, John. That's the one-two punch, man. Shake and bake. I like it. John Elmore's with us. So you're doing pretty well overseas, by the way. I don't think we've uh, talked about that. Uh, you're doing okay. I mean, you can play a little basketball still. And, uh, you know, right now you're in the Lithuanian Basketball League, and you seem to be doing okay. You know, you're getting by, right? Yeah, um, no, it was an exciting year. Um, Lithuania is a good league in Europe. Um, and I honestly, I had my best year yet, I think, just developing to the European style and the different pace of the game, um, statistically and numbers-wise and the amount of wins the team had and all that um, was definitely the best year I've had yet. So I'm looking to just keep climbing the ladder in Europe, hopefully make it back to the NBA and stateside one day. Uh, you know, everybody's got a different plan and different steps, but... Uh, I'm still enjoying it, and I still get paid to play basketball, so I'm going to stick with that as long as possible. John Elmore is with us, and I don't think people understand truly, maybe those who follow it a little closer, but maybe the casual fan, general fan doesn't understand, there's some really good basketball being played overseas. Just because it's not the NBA doesn't mean it's high-level basketball. It's really good. No, you're right. Um, A lot of dudes that played at major colleges end up overseas. I mean, only that top... 0.5 0.5 or whatever percent it is of college guys make the NBA. So there's a lot of basketball played in Europe. Um, and like you said, there's a lot of high-level, high-caliber players. And honestly, there's a lot of guys in Europe that can play in the NBA. It's just a matter of being in the right moment or having the opportunity and getting lucky. So um, you know, I don't take it for granted. Um, lucky to keep playing and playing at a high level. So take it one day at a time and make the most of it. John Elmore is with us. Heard that in action, taking on the Founding Fathers. It's part of the basketball tournament, and if you're victorious, hopefully we get to see that dream matchup once again. Heard that and best Virginia. I can look ahead. You can't, but I can look ahead. Uh, it should be a fun one. Anything else that maybe uh, people need to know before we let you go, John? Nah, man. I just need everybody to go ahead and start buying tickets. Um, we need to pack the Charleston Coliseum up, so it gives the tournament, the basketball tournament, reason to keep um, Charleston as a host city um, you know it's great for the city the state the university so definitely need to give them a reason to keep bringing it back John Elmore my guest hey man good doing it again thanks uh, good luck uh, I look forward to 
to seeing all the action. Hopefully we're talking about it here in a few weeks, the uh, $1 million prize going to you and heard that. Definitely, man. Go heard. That's John Elmore. Johnny Buckets, one of the all-time greats for Marshall basketball and just an all-around great guy. When we continue, we will get your phone calls and texts in. You can join us by calling 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Our text line is open. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. It's official. Brett McMurphy reporting USC and UCLA formally applying to join Big Ten. That is according to his sources. We'll talk about it when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We continue on with this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Would you like to be on the show? You can be. All you have to do is hit that text line. It is wide open for you, and it, it, it's free. There are no charges. Rates do not have to apply because it's free to text. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the line to be a part of the program today. We just had John Elmore on. If you missed that, you can get that interview later on the podcast, all you have to do is follow The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcast. You can find The Drive with Paul Swan. So it's um, it's going to be fun in Charleston to see John back and, and heard that once again. And I'm looking forward to all of that. Uh, it's going to be nice to talk a little basketball here because right now college football is going to be dominating once again everything that we're talking about. We just got out of the Stanley Cup. The draft is coming soon. We just got out of the NBA. The draft is over. We got the NFL coming up soon. But, no, we're going to have to talk about college football realignment yet again. So, a few minutes ago, Brett McMurphy from the Action Network in his usual I'm there first style has has reported that USC and UCLA – formally implying to join the Big Ten. And the earliest they would begin to play would be 2024. And according to his report, the Big Ten expected the vote to add both schools in the next 24 hours. You know, you don't you don't apply unless you already know. You don't apply unless you know. You might make a phone call. You might put feelers out, but at the same time, you don't put the application in unless you know. So the Big Ten looking to expand. Geography means nothing now in college football. And pretty soon, the term Power Five is going to mean nothing. It's going to be Power Two and the rest of us. And there's going to be tiers to that. Uh, you might have the group of you might have the group of three. Hey, are you Power Two? No, we're we're group of three. And then you got group of five. That P6 thing's gone, by the way. It never was. It, it's gone. Never again. There's no There's no P6. There's not going to be a P3, a P4. There's definitely not going to be a P5 here. So what's the Big 12 do? Does it go after some Pac-12 membership? What does the Big 12 do? 
to maybe try to solidify itself, to stay in that that three to four range. Because ultimately, it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten. You've got the two power leagues among the power five, the two halves, the biggest, making sure that there's parity between those two leagues. And geography just doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't. Thankfully, Marshall's in a league where geography matters, and I think that's going to benefit all that are in that league. It makes perfect sense. But geography doesn't matter because if geography mattered, we'd have different landscape here. And if you go by geography, you would see a West Virginia stuck because the Big 12, the geography doesn't make sense. I mean, Cincinnati... It's not necessarily the best fit as far as a geography standpoint. And then there's rumors and indications that maybe Kansas says, look, we're done with football. Kansas says, we're done with football. We're going to do, you know, maybe we'll go independent there and get into the Big East. Kansas and the Big East? I've seen that. I mean, it'd be great for the basketball. I mean, the product would be fantastic. Kansas and the Big East? That would be, I mean, it would elevate the Big East. In so many ways, and the Big East is really good in basketball. So that would make sense. And would Gonzaga say, look, you know what? Geography doesn't matter. Let's get in the Big East. Because you're not looking at Gonzaga to replace anybody in the Big 12 or Pac-12, right? No, that that doesn't work that way because football's driving all of this. So there's some great schools out there that you could have basketball-centric leagues, and we have seen basketball centric leaves, leagues, but um, here at the end of the day here, are we going to see some more dominoes fall? You know, will will the Pac-12 go after some teams out of the Big 12? Could that happen? Could there be a couple of, I don't know, could you cherry pick the Mount West? You got Boise, right? What about, you know, Boise? Would, would Boise be a good Pac-12 team? And what about San Diego State? I've seen that thrown out there as well. Again, I don't know what's going to make sense right now. Or could you see the Big 12 say, look, hey, Oregon, come on down. Come on over, Oregon. Some really good basketball there, really good football. Could you see that happening, Oregon? I don't know, and I'm just throwing these things out here right now because I don't know what's going to happen because, again, geography no matter. The location doesn't seem to matter anymore. It doesn't play into this for – it's just like, okay, let's get as big as we can and get the best we can, and everyone else will just have to deal with this. And what do we get to a point where the landscape is, okay, uh, the only national championship will be decided between the Big Big Ten – and the SEC. With the SEC and the Big Ten go, you know what? We're good. Uh, you know, we got – what if we have two 20-team leagues? You got 40 teams here. Okay, we're good. We don't need the rest of you. We can do our own thing and have the TV deal to go upon it. Because this national championship here, it's not the NCAA sanctioning this thing. It's not the NCAA supporting this by sponsoring it. It's a coalition. I mean, the national championship in football has always been mythical. It's either awarded by the media, it's awarded by the coaches, it's 
in this contrived system here, we had the BCS, which, you know, on looking back at it now, it wasn't so bad. Looking back at the BCS, it wasn't so bad after all. And you have this four-team playoff. But now, you know, what if you have – what if you expand it? You know, now you know why maybe the SEC was a little hesitant to say, look, you know, you know there should be some automatic bids here. No. What if the SEC has three of the – what if you go to six? Okay, the SEC has three of the best six teams out there. So they get three in. And the Big Ten gets two or three in. See what I'm saying here? This isn't set up for the rest of college football. This is set up for the Big Ten, and this is set up for the SEC. And I think the two realize, the two leagues realize, okay, you need the other one, but, okay, you got that, we got this, and everyone else is just going to have to figure out what it needs to do. But you can't. You can't cherry pick Conference USA anymore. It's the it's the bottom. It's the complete bottom. The Mac's not going anywhere. What do you got left? So you could you see the Mount West? Could you see could you see the Big Twelve be the aggressor next? Could the Big Twelve be more aggressive? Could you see because I don't know what the American's going to do. And I don't know how – are you cherry-picking the American now? So what's going to happen? You know, will the Pac-12 be aggressive towards the Big you know, Big 12? Or will the Big 12 be aggressive towards the Pac-12? All I know is the Big Ten's probably smiling right now going, we're good. We're doing all right. SEC's good, too. Everybody's good right there in those two leagues. We will get your phone calls and text in. The phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Uh, More coming out about this. uh, Again, realignment phase, what, five, six? Where are we at on this thing? USC and UCLA formally applying to join the Big Ten and should be decided in the next 24 hours. It's pretty much a done deal. So 2024 is when the schools would play because, again, they're in a great spot with their grant of rights for the media. They're not really going to be penalized here. So they're in a good spot. They can phase out in a a proper manner and not lose any real revenue here. So they're in a good spot. The Big Ten might keep going, though. And here's what's coming out. Big 12 might go after Arizona. Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. So, the once historic Pac-12, historic, one of the one of the great leagues of college football history, could be on the verge of extinction here. Because how does how's the Pac-12 bounce back? I thought the Pac-12 should have been aggressive going after the Big 12. When when this was coming out, I thought, okay, Pac-12 needs to be really aggressive here and go after the Big 12. 
So the Big 12 might go, no, we're, we're just going to pull ahead and put the final nail in the coffin here on you. And you could have Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. That is according to reporting from, again, Brett McMurphy. So we're following some of his reporting on that. So that means geography might mean something, but not really. What's that going to do for the remaining? I mean, could, again, could the Mountain West get cherry-picked? Could the Mountain West go do some cherry-picking? I don't know. I mean, where would, who wants UNLV? I mean, would the Big 12 go, hey, UNLV? No. Would the Pac-12 go, hey, UNLV, you're right? No. But some of these schools might be in a league with UNLV because, again, the power structure is going to be this. It's going to be the SEC Big 10. That's going to be Tier 1. Tier 2 is going to be the ACC, and it looks like maybe the Big 12, so Tier 2. Tier 3 right now could be the Pac-12. Maybe it, it could be it could be the P6. I don't know because, I mean, you got the American, you have the Pac-12, Sunbelt, Mountain West, the MAC Conference USA. Maybe not in that particular order, but if the Pac-12 can make some moves, Pac-12 can maybe... It, it might be a Power 4 situation, but it's definitely going to be a Power 2 situation. A Power 2 situation, maybe a tier or two. And you might see these leagues become more insular. It could be more don't need to go outside much because there are going to be so many teams. Maybe you play an occasional non-conference game. I mean, basketball and other sports probably have to. But in football, would you really need to go outside? If you're the SEC, would you really need to go outside much of the SEC? If you're in the Big Ten, would you really need to go outside of the Big Ten much? Not really. I mean, maybe there's that occasional game that you could play. You might not have to, though. You could... Maybe the Big Ten champion meets the SEC champion for the right to be the national championship. What are the other leagues going to say? What can the other leagues do about it? Nothing. Because now you're going to have, uh, you're going to have the argument, well, do you really think that the ACC has uh, football on the same level as the Big Ten or the, or the SEC? you think that their conference champion should be in this mix? I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. But I'm sure the ACC will eventually figure it out. But where can the ACC go right now? Where's the ACC going to cherry pick? I don't know. Because I don't know what the criteria is going to be now, other than, I mean, we can't do media markets. I mean, we're doing fan bases. We've got to do you know, what team brings you the most value. I mean, you look where the American went. The American, the American's trying to reinvent Conference USA. Conference USA is almost all but dead. The Mid-American Conference is just a throwback to years gone by, and it's doing fine. It's happy with what it is. The Mountain West, it could try to be aggressive. I don't know if that's the play there. And it looks like the Big 12 just says, look, we'll help. we'll help put the dagger in. We'll just push it in further and just finish this thing all together here. 
And so that's because again, you're trying to you're trying to secure yourself in its television. You're trying to secure yourself and make yourself to the point where you have options and you have a little bit of a uh, a bargaining chip here when it comes to, you know, inventory as well. But what do we watch on Saturdays? If we're not watching the home team, what are we watching on Saturday? Big Ten? SEC? Big 12? And again, I'm saying if we don't watch the home team. So if we're watching the home team, we're watching Sunbelt. If we're watching the home team and you're a Mountaineer fan, you're watching the Big 12. If you're everybody else, if you're everybody else and you're not watching the home team, either you're watching your home league or you're not even doing that. You're just watching college football because just because, just because not everybody necessarily has a home team. They, they love college football, but we're going to watch also what's on TV. What's the big game? What's the big matchup? And all the big matchups could be in the SEC, the Big Ten, maybe the ACC, maybe the Big 12. I'm not too worried. If I'm in the ACC, I would be worried, but not too worried. I think ACC is a solid three. With the Big 12 coming at three for that spot. Like it's one, it's one and one A. And then you have three, four, and five. Five, I think, just got got stabbed in the heart, and the Big 12 is gonna come and rip it out and finish it. So we might be down to four, but we don't have power five. I don't think power five is gonna be a thing much longer. It's gonna be power two. Because they're not done expanding. And that's gonna do it for this edition. Don't forget, you can be a part of the program anytime by listening on demand. You can get our podcast. Just follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for this edition of The Drive. Thanks to my guest, John Elmore. We'll do it again tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from the Oscars Breakfast Burgers and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.